0: Stop it. Stop. Everybody hush. Hush. And listen. Cause I'm about to give you the secret to what the fuck y'all are witnessing. What you niggas in EGUS of the royal kind and niggas ni double G S, what y'all are seeing right now are free people arguing over who got the best master. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. So, we're gonna go back to silent. Let's register this shit back down. We're gonna lock this back down. So, I'll tell you when America was great. Seven years after the ending of the Civil War. That's exactly what oh, Candace, you didn't Candace, because you didn't give the comment. So you weren't prepared for that one. Seven, no, but that's, that's not to jump on Candace because again, I'm disagreeing with my friend. Seven years after the end of the Civil War, blacks, within 7 to 15 years, accumulated over 15 million acres of land. Since, hold on, before we get to clapping because the niggas bought some shit. Black people were the only skilled labor in there. So if it was welding to be done, iron bending, cotton picking, it was black people. So instantly, your value became more. And Candace has a point. The point that she made about illegal immigration affecting you is it is going to affect you at some point. Why? If the Cagle Chicken Factory is hiring illegally illegal immigrants at an undercut on the rate, it affects the black people who live there who should be demanding 20 bucks an hour because they're being undercut. So when they get wiped out, they have to hire blacks, pay them, and unionize. So she's right on that. But hold the fuck on, I'm not finished. You have to remember that people who look like you immigrate too. So before you widely say, Fuck them all. Remember, America is always going to have a slave class. And if illegal immigrants or legal immigrants will not be the lowest paid workers, those in prison will be. And that always ends up looking like one of their sons. So it circles back around. So that's why people who are black, who are from two different plantations, got to get the fuck away from massa long enough to say how are we going to burn down both their fucking houses now this is my thought this is my thought I don't care if you destroy the Republican or Democratic Party, because at one time, blacks were Republicans. And you dominated those seven years after, civil, after, um, after the Civil War. You were Republicans. You had more blacks in the House and Senate than you do now. And you dominated your own economic and communities. You did that as Republicans. As Democrats, you did the same in cities like Atlanta. You failed in other cities. But the most important thing is self-organizing. By the time we get to a candidate, we should have a list that says white man, white woman, these are our demands. You can meet them and get our vote, or not, and we're gonna stay home and crochet and make collard greens. But what you cannot do (laughs) is continue to argue over who is the best master. I don't give a fuck if it's Trump, Obama, your mama, my mama, what the fuck do you have for me and my community? Now, If you do not, and if you stop playing, if you stop playing, oh, I'm gonna say the snazziest shit to each other on stage, I'm gonna show that motherfucker, this is gonna be a quotable, and we close up the doors, and we simply say, how do we take the good of what you have, the good of what you have, the good of what you have and you have, how do we shape it into a 10-point agenda? To present, to present, to present to every local, state and national politician. If you cannot meet points on our agenda, we simply can't support you. I like you, I love your casinos, Mr. Trump. I like you, Bernie, I like maple syrup that comes from Vermont. But what do you have for us? Now, when talking about have black people done better, we keep doing better and we keep getting knocked down. We keep doing better and we keep doing knocked down. So I'm gonna tell people, this is your homework. Fuck trying to convince you. I want you to go home tonight, I want you to listen to Thomas Sowell, I want you to listen yes. to, hold on, I got you coming, you Look, my nigga, my nigga, alright, yes. so, right there. I want you to listen to Walter E. Williams, Yes. I want yes. you to listen to Antonio Moore, Blind I want you to listen to Yvette Carnell, I want you to listen to the economic strategy of Elijah Muhammad and Marcus Garvey. I want you to listen to the political strategy of Stokely Carmichael. I need you to get on your study and prove yourself worthy shit because I'm tired of arguing who got the best master. You are already free, now nigga act like it. Do your research. Do your research and decide what's best for you because what's best for us in Atlanta was a black man who said, okay I'm the mayor now. You want to do business with Atlanta? Meaning you want to have an opportunity zone? 29% of all government contracts had to be attached to black people. When he found out that there were no black architectural firms, he said black people build driveways, we can build airport runways. So he gave the white architectural firms the rights to build the airport, the fucking Herman Russell company laid the drive, laid the, laid the plane. So my thing is, as black people, how are we going to get in the room together Stop fighting over who's master. Decide what our agenda is and how to leverage it. I don't care who agrees with Cap or JD, or Jay-Z. I cared that black people as a whole showed up to work that day. What if nobody would have showed up to work? What if everybody said, you know what, fuck it, my nigga. What if everybody on the same day would have done that? If everybody with every policeman, every beer salesman, every car parker, every NFL analyst would have not showed up. Until we ready to do that, we're not serious about being free. That. That's real. You just here to see a show and argue over who got the best master. Until we decide what is the real breaking point. If blacks are 15% of this nation, we should be 15% of Wall Street. We should be 15% of music execs, 15% of Hollywood execs, 15% of governors, 15% of mayors, and until you hit that 15%, you're failing, 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 fucking failing, no matter who your master is. So pick a better master, I say kill your (laughs) masters, and get your own shit.
1: Yeah. Good morning Crash Culture fans. We're back with another episode. I think we're coming up on episode 15, 14 or 16, which whatever one of them it is, I don't know. I don't remember at this point. Now it's all becoming muscle memory. Um we got a host of topics to get into. I've been putting off this Antonio Brown topic for the longest I've been putting it off from the longest from the moment when he signed with Oakland and he left, uh, Pittsburgh and that whole fury that he left them in. I wanted to speak on it, but I said, I want to get more information. And then this, this guy is the story that keeps on giving, man, because after that, it was the sexual assault allegations. Then he goes to the Patriots and he get cut. Now he's on Twitter today, return. And we're going to get into that later and get into my thoughts on all of that. But um, I want to talk about the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu uh, indicted, being indicted on corruption charges first and foremost, because that's like global news. Um, from my understanding of things, which I don't really, I never really like to do from the beginning, but we'll get into that whole why I didn't really like the dude from the beginning, because uh, the Israeli prime minister, he's done, he's got into a lot of foreign agreements. And one thing that made me not like him from the jump is he tried to do deals with Trump, you know, like um, I think it was like some type of military deal where we send them X amount of dollars and stuff like that. And they sent us X amount of uh, munitions or whatnot. I don't know what the fuck the deal was. I really don't care. I focus more on the stuff that concerns me in America. Like, you know, black people are still being killed over here at an unprecedented rate. And it may be cool today. Ain't no, we didn't hear about police brutality today, but I guarantee you somewhere in America is going on. So, um I mean... The dude just looks like an asshole. If you look at Netanyahu, the Israeli prime minister, he just looks like an asshole. And I'm, I've read a bunch of things about him saying how he was always corrupt and he was always fucked up. But my whole thing about that is like America gave, um, the Jewish community reparations when he should have in, uh, Israel should have been responsible for giving their people reparations or seeking reparations from Germany and whatnot. And I think they even got reparations from them. But black people can't get none, so it is what it is. But whatever, we're not going to talk to, we ain't going to get all into that reparations debate because um, they covered that pretty much on the revolt summit. Did anybody see that revolt summit, how Killer Mike went in? Like, that shit was crazy, man. He was talking about, uh, like, you knowing all of your uh, uh, government-elected officials on each level, local, state, and nationally. So, you know how to impact real change in your community. Because, like it or not, these are the people that we have put in power by vote. At some point or another, we put them in power. All right? Now people in the White House may have been appointed and people on other committees may have been appointed, but the jackasses that got in office had to appoint these people. And a lot of people feel like your vote doesn't matter. I feel like that too, in a way, especially when it comes to the presidential nomination. But at the same time, If it didn't matter, they wouldn't spend so much money on campaigning. So it does matter in a way, but we have to be smarter in how we vote. We have to vote on ideals. We have to vote on people that are because they remember these politicians have agendas. So we have to have our agenda that we're trying to fill when we're going out to these voting booths and we're going out there to vote. We got to listen to the to the uh to the people that's running for office and we got to see what they stand for and what they stand against i mean if reparations is your deal breaker then you're gonna have a deal breaker with a lot of people and a lot of people that's promising reparations for black people ain't gonna really do it you know what i'm saying um that's one of those things that like we have to get money behind people we have to get money behind the people that we want in office i mean um Andrew Gilliam was a nice candidate. You heard me talk about him before on the podcast show, on the Crash Culture Podcast show. But at the same time, he was missing something. You know how President Obama had that little bit of charisma to snag people's eyes and get people's attention? And But remember, President Obama was running for government. He was running for the White House. So that's why a lot of people voted for him. As a matter of fact, funny thing, right? I was going through YouTube. You know how you just be scrolling through your YouTube videos and shit? I had the, I came across because, you know, I'm into all of that political shit. You know what I'm saying? I just don't, I don't research it like as much as I should after the fact, because a lot of this stuff to me, I use critical thinking skills and I discern what a person is telling the truth from, from a lie. It's like insecurity. Like right now I got a security job. That's why y'all haven't heard me, uh, on the podcast i got another job so that's why y'all missed out on me for like about a week or two weeks i know you missed me i love you guys too um now that i got my schedule right i'm be able to do it more consistently so we're back but anyways i said insecurity a part of the training that they taught me is you have to look for what's what doesn't look normal you know, what doesn't look, what looks abnormal. You know what I'm saying? And based on that, that determines your decision-making. And when it came to Andrew Gilliam running for office, running for governor of Florida, I'm speaking specifically on Florida because I'm from Florida. Um, you know, it just something about him was missing. Something about him seemed off. He didn't have that charisma that President Obama had. And it's like his answers to everything and the stuff that he talked about was too calculated. And he was kind of afraid to play dirty. You know what I'm saying? But he would try and take shots at Trump. Everybody using Trump as their focus to try because because they, they know that nobody in America right now is really fucking with Trump right now. So everybody's trying to focus on him and trying to get reelected through bashing him and i'm sad to say it but that's not necessarily gonna work because america has become just a little teensy bit smarter okay not a lot because remember a group of people is still dumb panicky and stupid but the individual iq of american citizens has risen has risen due to in part by trump you know what i'm saying and um We can tell kind of when somebody's like, you know, giving us the bullshit because we got so much bullshit with Trump, you know, and and even though President Obama was a good guy, we seen how much bullshit he had to put up with and how much bullshit, he how much smoke he blew up the black community's ass because he basically was doing something for everybody except for us. It's just like he felt like, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people in America felt like that that was our prize, our token black guy in the White House, you know? And that couldn't be further from the truth. Like Killer Mike said in the Revolt Summit, um, if we're 15% of America, we should be 15% of every major office, every major organization in America. You see what I'm saying? And that makes a lot of sense. And that right there to me is the meat of things. You know what I'm saying? We make up 15% of the population. I mean, America needs our vote to continue forward with anything because, you know, the uh, white community, of course, they're going to be split in certain areas. I mean, they might have uh, 40% or 35% voting for a Republican every time because the majority of America is racist. I guarantee you that. But remember, 15% of the black community votes for Whoever that other candidate is, whether it be a Democrat, whether it be an independent, whether it be a liberal, whether it be anybody but a Republican, because I know I don't want to make this a party thing. But really, at the end of the day, it's a two party system It's Democrat or Republican, because those are the people that get the most votes. Those are the people that get the most money. So at the end of the day, right now, it's a two party system. And until America's IQ raise is to a significant level. You know greater than what it is right now Like I said it raised a little bit But it ain't raised enough for us to say damn Why is it only two candidates every time On the ballot why do we always look at those Two candidates why are we always divided In in Democrat and Republican Like a goddamn crips In the Bloods? you know what I'm saying Why can't it be an independent party Why can't it be a Black Panther Party why can't it be a Latino Party where all Of the different ethnicities Of America or cultural views are well represented and we vote on those people that better suit the needs of the majority of the american people why can't we have a a voting app system you know what i'm saying they could say russia hacked the elections how the hell is the election secure if russia was able to hack it you know as it stands right now where you got to go in there and fill out the ballot and then you give it to people and they run it through a machine you know that's not really secure i mean you got the NSA, you got Homeland Security, you got all of these cyber security measures in place to prevent these things from happening, but they still happen. So my, my thinking is why not just put an app on people's phones like they got on Facebook and let's just all, and they should have like a drop down of every candidate and the pros and cons of them, not, no, no, just an independent, uh, politifact research website putting the pros and cons of them like how many lies they telling what they stood for their background and stuff like that you know what i'm saying they got that shit in video games speaking of video games i've been playing the modern warfare beta that shit is fire but we're gonna get into that on the next segment but like why can't we have that type of deal, you know what I'm saying? When we're voting, that makes a hell of a lot more sense to me than what we have right now. And I feel like um, until we get a real candidate in there, I know Killer Mike was even pushing Bernie Sanders in the revolt summit. But to me Bernie Sanders is not really for the black community but he is for a lot of good things in every community. He's for America as a whole and Bernie Sanders has never changed. He's not he has not been afraid to stand up to these um these big organizations like big farmer and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? And healthcare should be free. Um college should be free. Those are the things that are basic living necessities, and the minimum wage should be should make us be able to earn a decent wage enough to where we don't have to work two and three jobs. You know, a lot of the stuff Bernie talk about is good, but at the same time, remember he's not he's not he don't even want to speak on reparations for the black community. So, like I say, it's give and take, it's compromise, and this uh and. In politics, you know what I'm saying? And as long as you're not compromising too much, as long as you're not, you know, I heard it somewhere where we're constantly with this two party system, choosing a lesser of two needles. You know, um, I'm gonna get that video for you guys so you guys can, um, you guys can listen to it because it was a real cool fucking video. Um, they had basically a group of liberals liberals and a group of black conservatives group of black liberals and a group of black conservatives and it was vice and they was asking them a bunch of questions and i mean there are some of their responses was hilarious was fucking hilarious i'm gonna play a little clip in between this in in, in between the segments so you can hear what i'm saying right after this segment but this shit was hilarious i'm gonna play some of the highlights for y'all and then we're gonna get into the next segment
0: when i come back Show fans who here voted for Donald Trump all day believing in Trump's rhetoric just morally. I don't understand, especially a black person. Uh, three words or less, what is your reaction when you see a black person wearing a MAGA hat? There's a story independent minded brother, bold, confused, cringe. Um. Uh, you do you, looks good on you, can't fit on my head for the black conservatives, how do you align with white conservatives when they speak mal of black people? You, like call, my, you call them out. My yeah, whole thing that's like for even me- Not calling them out, but just no, how for, do you stand with them when they are speaking mal against you? We do how we you stand, you stand with, Hillary with Clinton like, When she not, calls um, you know, kids super predators. You yeah, know gonna be But there are go. gonna be some racists all over the place. So now it's like, okay, yo, watch them out. Believing in Trump's rhetoric, just morally, I don't understand especially a black person, because just him as a person, as, a, as an entity, just seem, is just super corrupt. Who here voted for Barack Obama? Damn near everybody. Twice. Campaign, Twice. For, campaign for him in 08. A semi-personal question, did anyone vote for him just because he was black? Not just, but that was
1: a big reason I voted for
0: See, I'll admit, it's really funny because I'm a conservative, and I was so available to be used by all of the systems that made that person president. This person was born and raised in wealth and privilege his entire life. And the idea mm-hmm. that this person was somehow more connected to me because we share the same skin color is crazy. Yep. But I bought it. That's the one reason why I'm conservative now, because I'm willing to vote for somebody because of the way they look. And look what it did for me. Absolutely nothing. Who is disappointed with the broad?
1: Obama presidency. I'm disappointed with pres- I mean, I'm disappointed with all of them. Like, we're never going to be led to liberation in a binary system. A binary system for black people is literally always going to be us choosing the lesser of two evils. I'm always choosing my death either as a blunt force blow or death by a thousand paper cuts. Yeah, so you heard it, man. It was a- It was a very interesting- Discussion that they were having I mean think about it A black conservative which is basically like A black republican but they're not All the time going to vote for republican But they're more so of one of those people Like that Um, Some of them was talking about how their family Seen them as a sellout Saying that they wanted to be white You know other ones was over there And you know I learned I learned From watching that video I learned from listening to their opinions from listening and hear them talk i even learned from the revolt summit when we listened to candace owens talk and i i hated i hated candace owens but i have some respect for her now that i listen to her point of view and in the, in that correct form you know because she that she was in the enemy's territory so she knows she couldn't go too goddamn crazy with the bullshit that she was gonna spew but uh our brothers and sisters held it down up there. They kept it in check, you know. Ti, Killer Mike, they they kept it in check. I don't know what the hell that other dude was talking about. Um, I I can't remember his name, but he he got a little initiative where he's trying to get young people to vote. But um, yeah, they they held it down up there. Like the like I said, the people that stood out to me was Ti, Killer Mike, and Candace Owens. Ti and Killer Mike because. They're two of the best rappers from the South, and they're two well educated brothers. And Candace Owens, because she uh, was, she to me, when I first saw her, I was like, damn, this is a, a, a beautiful young black woman. And then I heard her speak, I was like, goddamn, she done sold every goddamn one of us out. She like goddamn uh, 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 Omarosa or some shit, you know what I'm saying? And sold out all of her black brothers and sisters with the shit that she say, you know, but um, she came correct. She came correct in certain ways. And there was a couple of books that they was talking about reading and, and listening to on there that um I have to read or listen to. You know, I'm a more of an audio guy. I mean, I'll put an audio book in and listen to it faster than I'll sit up there and read a book page by page. I mean, if I have the listening cue going with me, I like to hear the narrator's voice. I guess I'm weird like that. I had read, it was a book in middle school that I had read like Amer- It was called American Chop Suey And they had the audio book And I had a teacher named uh, Sandy I can't remember her last name But uh, she- I think it was no, Yeah, it was Nah, I can't remember the last name But I know her name was Sandy She used to have a little plaque on her desk And she used to be like there was my reading teacher I this- When I fell to 7th grade, this was my reading teacher It was kind of like they put me in remedial classes I'm not retarded I was just lazy as fuck. Broke, broke both of my legs and was uh, Christmas tree to FCAT that year. I know it was a stupid move, but whatever. Um, but anyway, she was at it saying that she used to say, Life is Sandy. No, she used to say, Life's a beach and I'm Sandy. That was her quote. Life's a beach and I'm Sandy. I love that lady. That lady was great. I hope she's still teaching because she was like, This was like 15, 16 years ago And um, she looked like she was around her 60s then You know, um, she gotta be getting close up on the matey mark You know, she gotta be, you know But hopefully she's in good health She looked like she took care of herself Oh, white lady, one of the nicest people you could ever meet Um, But anyways, I digress Yeah, American Chop Suey I listened to the audio book while reading the book And I read the whole book line for line While listening to it Because the narrated voice was so fucking cool So that helps That can help you If, if you one of them people that like to, to watch things Visually all the time And somebody tell you read this book Remember there's audio books that you can listen to And follow along with the, with the pages of the book Because usually If you listen to something It helps you Remember more about it and if you're reading it at the same time If you're looking at something visually and listening to it It's helping you read alone Like at one point I listened to an audio book of the bible And I, while I was reading the bible at one point When I was in, uh, in a, uh, uh, You know A, a, a state I'll call it a state A state of mind And um Yeah You know it was cool. My old girl took the damn Bible away from me. She said, "You feed your spirit too much. It's not good for you." I know, right? A lot, a lot of, a lot of Christian people are gonna be like, "What? That's impossible." But um, yeah, my mom's weird like that, you know. And I kind of understood what she was saying, but at the, at the time, I was like, I I was looking, searching for something, and I had to find that something out in the world and. I didn't even really find it out in the world. I found it within myself. I said, oh, you know what? This is a sign. She's taking it away from me. Maybe all of the answers that I need is right inside of my mind if I think and dig deep enough. But enough of my side story. Back to the main topic. Yeah, they, Killer Mike referred a lot of books. And these books, I'm guessing they're good. If he read it and he's as educated as he is. And he was like snappy with the with all of his responses and everything that he was saying was getting to the root. He was like, black people are this is what you fucking witnessing at this revolt summit, that black people are arguing over who have the best master when it comes to politics. And we need to be focused on how to build our communities and get our own shit, get our own power. And to me, that's been the same message that they killed Malcolm for for. That's been the same messages that a lot of guys. Martin wasn't necessarily preaching on that. He was preaching on integration. But at the same time, a lot of people forget that Martin was talking about us getting our check, getting our 40 acres in a mule. And that's why they killed him. And that's why they push the nonviolent part of him. OK, Martin went as further as far as they wanted him to go before they killed him. You see what I'm saying? He got. He wanted everybody to start integrating they said alright nigga we'll give you that Because it could could benefit us now You see what I'm saying But he was asking for that money He was like that check you owe us You know we didn't slaved on this plantation We didn't dealt with your bullshit for the longest white man Pay us And they was like oh no 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 nigga Oh you gotta get the fuck out of here And you know A lot of people don't know this But you know uh, Dr. Umar talked about this And on It's uh, a couple of other people talked about this after Umar brought it out on the Breakfast Club that um, Martin Luther King was shot, but survived and went to the hospital and was killed by the government, by the doctor and the government. They suffocated him with a pillow. This is what they said. They strangled him or suffocated him with a pillow or something like that to that effect. I know that the nurse, they, Dr. Umar said that she has the account from the nurse that was in the room with him, and the nurse is now old. She's probably at the end of her wit, so that's why she's gonna tell the truth. Now, a lot of people are suspicious of a lot of things. I was talking to a dude at my job. You know, my new job I was just telling y'all about. This dude from Chicago, black guy. I'm trying to enlighten him on all of the different things that the government does to play games with the black community. And some of the things he's agreeing to. Some of the things he understands. But other things he's looking at me like, oh, you as conspiracy theorists. Oh, Lord, I, I don't believe it. I have to have proof and da-da-da-da. Uh, yeah, that's nice and all of that shit. I was like, man, this Urkel-looking motherfucking asshole. Uh, uh, you know, it wasn't the fact that he didn't even think about it as feasible. But you have a computer in your fucking hand. I explained that to them before I even started talking about anything. You can research anything that you believe to be false fabricated or it could be plausible. You can Google search that shit to see if it's real or not. And don't just stop at the Google search. Fact check the Google search and find out the resources. Are the resources certified? Are the resources, you know... From a credible organization because of credible organizations put out false facts or false information, they lose credibility. You see what I'm saying? So they have something to lose. But all this Wikipedia shit, Wikilink shit, all these other other blogs and all of that shit, they can put out false information all the time. How many times you see clickbait on Facebook? You know what I'm saying? So basically what I was telling him about was. With these hurricanes and with all of these storms and with all of this stuff that's going on in the environment, I say you don't think that government or global organizations have some power of that. You don't think they have some power of the weather because it's a reason why they've been talking about global warming since I was in fucking elementary school and they have not done shit about it. No government has really tried to do anything about Well I know America hasn't tried to do shit about it I don't know about all the governments overseas But the major ones You don't hear them saying shit about global warming You see what I'm saying And that's something that affects us all as a whole That's why we getting A lot of these big ass disasters Natural disasters Happening more and more frequently You see what I'm saying Just a year or two ago Hurricane Harvey flooded out Houston, Texas uh, uh, a few years before that, Hurricane Irma flooded out uh, New Orleans. Just this year, a couple of months ago, Hurricane Dorian flooded out the Bahamas. Like, come on, bro. Like, this hasn't... Like, they keep on saying this is the worst catastrophic we've ever seen every time this shit happened. And this shit is all happening more and more frequently, more and more recently. Y'all don't think something wrong with that? you don't think somebody in control of that in some way, shape, or form? So... didn't believe me so i I pulled up a um a video of i think it was nasa's weather machine they had like a, a machine that literally creates clouds if you google or youtube nasa's weather machine it will pull up this big ass machine and it's creating a bunch of clouds it's a loud ass big ass machine that nasa got that it almost looked like a rocket taking off but no rocket takes off and a bunch of smoke comes out of this motherfucker and goes into the clouds and then it rains into an it rains, those clouds rain in another state because it's water vapor that they produce with that machine. Why the fuck do they have a water vaping, cloud producing machine? What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? So that area never gets a drought? Oh, okay, that makes sense. So you don't think if they created that, that machine, you don't think that they have no control over, okay, uh, I can make this shit. Lightning over here I can can create that with this You know what I'm saying You'd be surprised all of the technology America has You feel me And not only America but The world has You know all the different governments around the world Remember we're only a small percentage As individuals of society We are not given the highest clearance In the government To access and know All of the knowledge that All of the high ranking officials know Remember they have Black agents that we'll never hear about They basically been wiped off the grid You know It's a reason why they have all of these Motherfuckers and all these uh, Invisible empires and secret organizations Have you never seen the movie the Geist*? Go watch it Um, It's really It's really interesting It's more of a documentary than a movie And it's going to point you to another one I forget the other one but *The Geist* was a, a, a interesting Documentary that I've seen and then also, Edward Snowden Just released a book Edward Snowden, you know the government whistleblower That told, uh, uh, that told Everybody that the government's monitoring you The NSA Is monitoring you because he was working for them And he came Out with a book Recently, I seen him on um, the Daily Show with Trevor Noah And I think the book is called uh, Permanent Record And After he dropped this book the government started trying to sue him for releasing that information because he was the one who released the information the first time and he had to seek asylum in russia and lord knows what secrets he gave russia which is probably why they hacked our election you know his whole family worked for the government and shit like that so you know without sounding a little bit too much like conspiracy brother i just want everybody to understand and know that You're being lied to every day of the week that you turn on your TV. You're being lied to every time you pick up your phone and scroll down social media. You are all trapped in a matrix of waking up and doing the same thing over and over and over and trying to expect a different result, which is actually the definition of insanity. You know what I'm saying? Every day you wake up, you go to work, you pay bills and then you go for the weekend or whatever and then you do the same thing next week and you barely making enough money to survive as it is and you just keep repeating the same step until you possibly get a big break. A lot of people don't wanna talk about it. I tell people the most important thing in life is to get an opportunity. The opportunity is what makes you a millionaire or a billionaire or is what makes you financially stable is what makes you be able to have your own family and feed them and clothe them and live the life you want to live but if you don't get that really good opportunity you're going to be stuck in that same cycle of working these uh a little bit above minimum wage jobs if you're kind of smart if you're not that smart you're going to be working these minimum wage jobs you know and you're going to be stuck stuck in that cycle of rinse repeat and hoping for another day and that's why most americans are suffering from some psychological problem but they don't like to talk about it because you know what it's not permissible in the workplace and you're not seen as being strong you're seen as being weak and it's not cool to talk about that shit to begin with because we have fallen into this politically correct socially acceptable society where we only talk about things if they fit the narrative of what's trending at that moment in time. So if mental health is trending, yeah, we're going to talk about it for that week, and then we're moving on to something else. And this is America for you. Every day, all day long. I know I got a little bit off topic, but we're going to get, this is what we do, it's it's crash culture. We talk about a bunch of shit. We're going to got more coming up on the next uh, segment. All right, speaking of what's trending, before we get to that AB news, you know, we're gonna get into the Takashi 6ix9ine news. Um These two motherfuckers, boy, I don't know what to say about them, boy. As stupid it is, as stupid can be. Um, when it comes to Takashi 6 ix 9 let me start off with him first and saying that snitches get snitches, snitches get stitches. And I'm gonna say this. It's never cool to snitch. Okay. Unless you're not, unless you're not from that life. If you're not from that life, like say for instance, if you're a normal citizen trying to pay your bills and something go down around you and you wasn't involved, but they trying to take you to jail behind that shit, nigga, fuck all that. Like you wasn't involved in that shit. You ain't from a gang. You got a nine to five. You trying to survive. You feel me? You do you. You do what you got to do to survive at the end of the day because you're a normal human being, you're a civilian. All right, now let me get to this gang shit, this whole lot of gang shit. Now, if you choose to be in a gang, you must honor the G-Code, period, point, blank, end of story. We all know the G-Code. That's from the black community, from urban communities. We all, not just the black community, but urban communities in general. You all know the G-Code. If you Mexican, you know about the cartel, you know about the vice lords. If you're black, you know about the Crips, the Bloods, uh, Sex, Money, Murder, uh, uh, Folk Nation. You know about every last single one of them gangs. And for Florida, you know about the 80 babies. You know about Cobb Ranches. You know about the Zopound, if if you're from Florida, all right? Speaking specifically. Now, and we all know a lot of niggas in the hood, when they get popped, they snitch. But at the same time, you know... They chose that life, so they seen as a snitch. And when they come around, you ain't welcome to come back around now. You feel me? You ain't welcome around the homeboys. You feel me? But everybody everybody that's a real nigga read through 6 9 from the beginning. We like, look at this dude with rainbow colored hair, rainbow colored teeth. Spanish dude from the hood telling everybody to suck his dick. Spanish dude calling black dudes niggas like constantly, repeatedly. You know, I know that's a thing in New York what they do like uh, Hispanic dudes. You know they use nigga like nothing in New York you feel me that's just how they talk you feel me but at the same time you know they mean it as a term of it they mean it as a term of endearment and they would never be as disrespectful as this little motherfucker was getting you see what I'm saying. They're just like what's up my nigga Because da, 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 da. I know a lot of New Yorkers Especially a lot of Hispanic New Yorkers And that's just how they talk sometimes Just like I know white dudes like my friend Rob And that's just how he talks sometimes But you can tell when somebody's trying to call you a nigger And a nigga To me words don't matter so much Until you start using it as a disrespectful Derogatory sense But this dude 6ix9ine signed up for that shit Because he wanted the clout He wanted the fame He wanted the money He should have stayed the fuck away from him Alright and try to make his rap career pop by itself. Or just be one of them lame-ass rappers that never make it. It's a bunch of them down here in Florida. You see what I'm saying? Rap for years and you never make it. You know what I'm saying? Just be like that. If you going to be a part of that shit and you're going to try and use these niggas for clout. You're going to try and use these niggas as your bodyguard so no nobody run up on you. You want to call out hits and you want to be a gangster. And you want to be a thug and shit like that. Don't snit. You can't be telling. Or no matter how long you're getting. Because you knew the risk when you signed up Like I was watching A Nipsey interview a long time ago When he was still alive And this is one thing that I always admired About Nip because he didn't run away From that side of who he is and what he chose He even said it when he was young He had his mom, he had his dad You know but at a young age he went to go live With his grandma and he was taking care of himself And he was hustling and he was always on the block And he was always in the middle of some shit So he said he might as well have been official And been a part of the Crips So, that's why he joined the 60s. You see what I'm saying? And he seen that they was hustling and they was always getting money. So, he seen like, okay, these are like-minded individuals like myself. We both in the hood. We always into some shit. I might as well roll with them so I feel like I'm a team member. Instead of just being that outside nigga and I'm getting caught in the middle of this shit all the time. You know what I'm saying? Let me choose a party and roll. You see? So, Nipsey, I don't condone joining a game because I got offered to join games when I was in middle school and, yeah, middle school and the beginning of high school. Like, I got um, uh, offered in sixth and seventh grade to join the Crips and the Bloods. And my favorite rapper was Snoop and Tupac when I was growing up. And that's when Snoop was big because Tupac had had already died. So I was damn near Leaning toward being a crip in middle school. But I didn't choose it because. I remember my mom always preaching. Like you got to always be your own individual. My dad always saying like. You um you got to learn how to stand on your own. As a man out here in these streets. You can't be following behind nobody. Ain't nobody respect you. Ain't that ain't no man. You don't got to follow behind nobody. Be a leader not a follower. So I just always had that leader mindset in my mind. If I'm not coming in leading these motherfuckers. Like I don't really want to be. Underneath anybody like listening to Somebody tell me what to do I gotta go put in this work for, Nah dog, I ain't with that shit I'd rather call my own shots make my own moves And do a dolo my dad always Talked about co-defendants and that's what 6ix9ine is right now at this moment For shoddy and the rest of the 9 Trey Bloods and Treyway He is a co-defendant and 9 times out of 10 That's how the FBI get you That's how the government get you that's how the police get you When you are around here telling And you have co-defendants Telling too you know, y'all going down no matter what because that one that's going to break, he's going to snitch on the whole crew. So, my suggestion to you and every young black individual and everybody listening to this podcast is if you're not about that life, don't try and be about that life. All right? Now, to get into the Antonio Brown, this next head case, what I want to say is um, I was talking with my homeboy uh, Sherrod and his nephew CJ. And um, this was before last week's game, Patriots versus the Dolphins. And I was like, "Man, I bet AB don't play on Sunday. I bet he don't play on Sunday." Just joking with him. I bet you twenty dollars he don't play on Sunday. Just joking with CJ and shit like that. Man, that man. This is after he got the rape case. This is after the whole fallout with Oakland. I didn't think nobody was gonna pick him up after that shit. What happened in Oakland? He called the GM a cracker. And then on top of that, he was complaining about frostbite in his feet, which he did that to himself with the cryotherapy. Was complaining about a helmet the whole fucking time. I'm like, dog, you getting paid millions of dollars? Like Kaepernick needs a job right now. You over here doing raising all this hell, and these teams still picking you up because you know why? They want that. They want that nigga that can, that's fast, can run, catch that ball, and run for a touchdown. That's all they want you for. You just another body to them. Remember that. Once you start to give them too much problems, they can get rid of you when they feel like it, bro. That's how the NFL work And this is what the fuck you get For not standing about for something If you don't stand for something you'll fall for anything When Kaepernick stood for the black community Nigga you was silent You As long as you was getting your money You ain't give a fuck about that shit I ain't hear you speak about that shit Not one time AB2 worried about trying to be cool And this is what fucking him over right now Cause he not the cool kid on the block no more he got that little stigma in his mind, that little short man, Napoleonism, where he felt like everybody looking down on him. And now he rolls from the bottom to the top in the league. Now he, oh, everybody want to get some of his money. Everybody want to be all, man, nah, get the fuck out of here, dog. Like you did rise from the bottom to the top, but it ain't no reason to be an asshole when you get there. You see what I'm saying? Just. Don't surround the peop- Don't surround yourself with the people that negatively affect you. Be mindful of the decisions that you make when you have a platform. That's the thing. And we all can make mistakes at a moment in time, but you have to acknowledge those mistakes and try to correct them. That's what's most important, and that's what AB's not doing. And that's why he's getting himself into so much shit, because he didn't acknowledge that mistake of fucking with that trainer girl. And he even said in the text message... Or the email that he sent to uh, yeah, I bust a nut all on your back and all this goofy shit. I was like, the Patriots, definitely not going to play him after, they, after that girl done filed uh, sexual uh, uh, assault allegations against him. I was like, man, they can't play this man. I was like, that feminist community, the Me Too movement, going to tear the goddamn Patriots apart. But the Patriots is the Patriots. They one of the biggest cheating organizations. That's why fuck Tom Brady, fuck the Patriots, and fuck the New Orleans Saints. Because they some cheaters too. Um and dirty ass motherfuckers like to me the great thing about sports is playing within the rules and succeeding that's what make you a true champion and those two organizations to me are the most dirtiest organizations, cheating organizations in the league and they get away with it constantly you heard me talk about this before on the podcast before with rob shout out to rob and Rob. talked about it with them before Rob said at that moment in time it don't matter Because they're going into the next season Which I understand where his point was But at the same time to me that's wrong That's why the NCAA is corrupt That's why the NFL corrupt That's why American politics is corrupt Because we don't care enough to recognize The corruption while it's happening And saying something about it And be like man like, I'm not putting my money to this shit rig You see what I'm saying Like You gotta understand that man You gotta understand that about this world in order to properly get why the bullshit that go on is allowed to go on. Like, and then, by the way, AB just got released by the Patriots. So that's really what got me on a tirade. And then he tweeted out that he's going to be retiring. But his owner, Drew Rosenhaus, is going down with the fucking ship. Right after he got released by the Patriots, he was like, oh, me and my client are looking for next NFL teams. But I guess ain't no NFL team wanted to deal with him. So Drew Rosenhouse shut the fuck up. And then AB took the Twitter. And then, uh, watch, you're going to hear a statement from Drew Rosenhouse. of AB serious about his retirement. If all these NFL teams serious about not fucking with him. His, his uh his agent's going to be like, well, all right, we had to cut ties. Me and Antonio had to cut ties. But Drew Rosenhouse put his motherfucking credibility on the line for that boy. Every step of the way was defending him, every step of the way. I was like, "Damn, what a motherfucker won't do for money." That shit is ridiculous. This is just a sad case of greed, lust, uh um cockiness. You know, it's like if you understand the seven deadly sins and the seven virtues, I don't know if it's seven virtues, but I know it's seven deadly sins. I know it's seven virtues. These things, it's not like I'm saying sin in the sense of the Christianity term uh, sin. I'm just saying like the seven atrocities that go against your human nature as a person. You know, you have lust, gluttony, uh, greed, and I forget the rest. Okay, but those are the main ones. All the... You tell me Motherfucker I'm pretty sure you gonna research that shit Yeah like I said research that shit And find out what they is And the virtues Are I think wisdom, patience Or some other shit Something to that effect It's more of a feeling for me now at this point Cause I used to meditate all of the time And I know about all my little chakras and shit like that Like the truth um, Heart is empathy The third eye is foresight and the crown chakra is your cosmic energy connecting to divine energy and I know uh, the main one the bottom one the red one is being rooted in reality but <clears throat> enough of that kind of like metaphysical uh, lesson for you guys more so into this AB shit. AB is a dude that goes against all morals And goes against all principles Of somebody who's disciplined and committed to that craft This is one of the reasons why he's wound up his, He's put himself in a position that he put himself in If he was hiring that girl to work for him as a trainer If he was hiring the girl to paint his house He didn't switch his story up already twice If he was hiring that girl to do that job Then he should have let her do her job And that's it Gave her her money and sent her on her way This is a problem when we get into shit like you, he think that he know her. He think that he can get some pussy out of her. So now all of a sudden he come. Oh, you stayed at my crib. Oh da 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 da. So she's obligated to give you pussy and blah blah blah. All right, Ab. Now you turn a professional working relationship into something that's supposed to be pleasurable for you. If you just wanted to date the girl, if you wanted to fuck the girl, get off your high ho- Get off your high horse. Do like a normal motherfucking dude would do with money. Take the girl out, wine and dinner, try and make her yours, or try and show her a good time to where she consensually offers you to have sex, all right? You got all the money in the world. I mean, you could have done it if she wanted to do that like that, all right? You didn't need to pay for a professional relationship. Hell, be a goddamn sugar daddy if that's what she wanted, dog. But at the same time, you trying to make fun of the girl because she trying to come up, and she trying to have a better life for herself. That's what a lot of these girls do out uh, out in life. It's just some of them violate their principles. You know, the principles that they were raised with, they violate that. A lot of them violate that in order to get money. Like when they're young, they want to grow up to be nurses. They want to grow up to be doctors. And then when they find out life is hard and shit don't pan out, now all of a sudden, they basically essentially selling their pussy for money. And not saying that every girl does that, but the majority of them do. That's why you got so many girls out here selling premium snap and all type of other bullshit. And um, it's a real epidemic. And AB caught, got himself caught up in some bullshit. I don't give a fuck if he actually sexually assaulted or violated a girl or not. Uh, with all due respect to her and her family. And all due respect to the other girl that came out and her family. I don't care about that or not right now. I'm saying that A.B. should have never been in a position where somebody could say that about him. If he would have done shit like a logical way, if you like the girl, take the girl out, try and wine and dine her, you would never be in this position. But you couldn't do that. You wanted to get over on the girl. You wanted to do what men do. You wanted to play a game with her. Okay. you wanted to get the, the pussy by playing games and not all the time that shit work out. That shit can backfire, too, dog. And especially when you got money, the shit can definitely backfire. And that's what's happening to AB. And no, I don't feel sorry for him because he got all the money in the world. He created a bad character for himself too on top of that to compound this problem before this shit even happened with her saying that he did that. He created uh, a bad character for himself with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And um, I I don't know, a lot of people saying that that helmet hit, that helmet, the helmet hit, that vicious hit from Vontaze Burfecht a few years back, could have did that to him. Where now, all of a sudden, like he's suffering from early stages of CTE. I don't know. If that's a conspiracy going on. But if you need help, you need to go get help, bro. That's no excuse, okay? If you need to get help, you need to go and get help. It ain't no use to you melting down. You 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 got all of these kids. You got a baby mama. You got bills to pay, bro, and you sacrificing your NFL career, which is your paycheck. I don't know if he was smart with his money. I doubted how he's acting right now. He was smart with his money early in his career. And save it and invest into something to where he could keep getting money for the rest of his life. Because usually NFL players, their contracts are not guaranteed. This is one of the reasons why he's pissed off too. Because they voided his contract with both teams for that guaranteed money. So now he's over here missing $40 million, look like a dumbass with his thumb up his butt. Because he didn't play a game for the Patriots. And he didn't did practices for both teams. Didn't play for the Raiders, but did practices for both teams. And both teams had contracts with him, carrying him nearly $40 million. And he, they voided it, and basically they ain't got to pay him shit. Okay? So all of the bullshit he did, he's not getting paid for. You know what I'm saying? But this is what happens when you become a, a locker room issue. My question and my final thought on this A-B bullshit at the end of the day is, how the fuck did this dude get this many chances but all of these quarterbacks went down in the NFL with injuries. Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck, all of these marquee starting quarterbacks went down with injuries on teams with playoff hopes. And Colin Kaepernick can't get a fucking job, can't get a practice. This shit is crazy, okay? You got Lamar Jackson, which is a carbon, a carbon copy of Colin Kaepernick back in fucking... Uh, 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 2012, 2013 or whatever year he was playing for the uh, San Francisco 49ers and he took him on that Super Bowl run. Lamar Jackson is a carbon copy of him. Dual threat can run and pass and and you know what I'm saying? Like, how on a good team with a good defense with good receivers? Like, he's a carbon copy of Colin Kaepernick and Colin Kaepernick can still win you games. He's still out there practicing all the time. Like, that shit gotta end, bro You didn't gave AB a million goddamn chances Because he could he could run and catch a goddamn football But everybody knew he was a head case From the beginning, from Pittsburgh And here, Oakland and took a chance on him And New England then took a chance on him You can't tell me the, uh the NFL ain't racist That's why he giving you the karma That you motherfucking deserve And I'm glad he fucking exposed Robert Kraft with his With his sex ring He exposed Ben with the sexual assault violations and all of this shit that he put out there, and um, it's good. Ha ha ha! Fuck the NFL. All right. Um, I think I'm gonna um end it on this this segment. In other news, we're gonna talk about my favorite guy, my guy, LeVar Ball, and big baller brand. Recently, LeVar Ball said that um, in trying to defend the big baller brand's name and and their brand and their logo, which personally, I've said this numerous times, that logo is ugly as shit, he needs to rebrand, okay? At the very least, he needs to rebrand, change the logo, okay? If you don't want to change the name, you must change that goddamn logo and you must do something with these designs. Pay a better designer or something. But that shit is ugly as fuck. as fuck ugly. Okay. Now, the ZL2 logo that Lonzo had for, for his shoes was pretty cool. But it was made with a shitty quality shoe, which was basically a sketcher that they tried to turn into a basketball shoe. And Lonzo talked about it recently that it kept on ripping on him every quarter when he was playing in the nba that's why he couldn't play as well as he could that's why he would change to nike and adidas and all the other brands not only because he has control with uh having his own shoe brand and own shoe company with big baller brand but also because the shoes were shitty that he had with big baller brand and um let, let me preface my comments now by saying that Black entrepreneurship and black businesses. Great. It's amazing. I love it. I love the idea of an NBA player creating their own shoe brand. But this has been done already with Stephon Marbury and the Starberries. Shaq with the uh, Shaq. uh, uh, Al Harrington and the Protege. You know what I'm saying? They usually go straight to Walmart. But nobody has tried to go big scale and try to say that they're in competition with Nike and Adidas and all these other billion-dollar companies because they have common sense. They know when you start off, company. every company goes through a rut. Every company goes through a stage where they're trying to get marketing. They're trying to get advertisement. They're testing their products. They're seeing how the audience or the consumer responds to their brand, okay? And LeVar Ball went straight to the top. He said, I'm coming for you, Jordan. I'm coming for you, Yeezy. I'm going to charge $395 for each pair of my goddamn son's shoes. And he didn't play a dribbling NBA. He already started off wrong with his price point for the shoes. He already had, like, it wouldn't be as much of a problem if the shoe actually looked cool. It wouldn't be a problem for people to pay $395, I'm sure. It'd be a lot more people buying that shoe in the States as what it is. My friend Moe, which is a big baller brand, fanboy says that they're buying the shoe overseas hey i'll take him at his word but i highly disbelieve it i highly disbelieve they're buying them shoes overseas like that because they're fucking ugly and he's charging 395 over here in the states. so god knows what he's charging over there and um i highly doubt it but they say Levar ball's net worth is four million so i don't know i just know that what he said to lonzo in response to Lonzo telling him, oh, what do you think about changing the name? Was uncalled for. Talking about, oh, what if I change your name from Lonzo to Alfonso based on the fact that because people said that you've been damaged good for the past two years. Like, that was wrong coming from his dad. That was very wrong. I understand he wants his son to get better and all of that. And then third, I don't care if it's old news, new news. Like my friend Mo was telling me, oh, they passed that shit up already. Mo is just going to automatically say whatever his bias is for that team. I appreciate him for defending the black family like that. And, Mo, I'm telling you, your efforts is not going unnoticed. Because if anybody say when Big Baller Brand blew up, oh, I always like Lonzo. I'm going to say you was the nigga that I've heard more than anybody. Because, I mean, he had his own slogan. You know what I'm saying? Big Baller Brand so he can no longer stand. That is his motto. He don't care. He riding that motherfucking shit to the wheels fall off. I didn't. They had $200 slides. I was like, I never in my fucking life buy them goddamn shits. This boy got the goddamn slides. He got the goddamn stay in your lane t-shirt. I'm just waiting to see him with some goddamn big baller brand shoes. If he paid $400 for them goddamn shoes, he would be a jackass to me. But boy, you cannot question his loyalty to big baller brand. But um, yeah, that's fucked up with LeVar Ball said. I do not support his comments. And, um, I mean, Lonzo, and I told me, like I said, me and Mo always argued about this from the moment when uh, Lonzo hit the map at UCLA. Um, probably at Chino Hills, he hit the map, but I ain't start hearing about him until he, he was at uh, UCLA throwing down the major dunks and catching them alleys and doing all that athletic shit. That's when everybody started saying his name. That's when his dad came into play, started talking, got a little buzz. They started asking him to come on ESPN because he started saying all these wild predictions and, and drawing all this publicity his way. And, um, you know, it worked out for him because he got his son to be drafted number two overall. But it didn't work out for him in the long run because his son got to play with LeBron James and he wound up fucking that up because people in the Laker organization were saying like, we can't deal with his father. I mean, Lonzo has potential, but he doesn't have enough potential to be able to put up with his dad and his dad's bullshit. So, that's why they got rid of Lonzo. And, I mean, Lonzo has had great potential. I told Mo that from the beginning. He's athletic. He's quick. He can play defense. He has ball vision. He has uh, passer vision. Passer vision that Lonzo, that the one that he has, it's like very few and far in between that you can teach that when they're coming into the league. Those things are good. His upside with all of these skill sets that he have is Rajon fucking Rondo. And, Rondo right now plays for the Lakers so I don't know like you got two of the same players at point guard that can't shoot. It doesn't make any sense. One of them going to have to shoot. Lonzo's younger, has more time and has more potential. So he should be the one and he wasn't doing that and that's why when they had Anthony Davis come available, Lonzo was always trying to get in, like trying to fake injuries. His dad probably was telling him to do all of that shit to be able to stay on the team so they couldn't trade him. But at the end of the day, like I said, man, get the fuck out of here. We are getting Anthony Davis. We already got one of you here with Rondo. We trying to win now. And they sold out their future. They It should have been uh, uh, prevalent to everybody when they got rid of D'Angelo Russell, which D'Angelo Russell was a better player than Lonzo, but they got rid of him to draft Lonzo. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Magic Johnson did that, okay? Only thing Magic Johnson did good was the Kyle Kuzma trade because LeBron really wanted uh, the Kyle Kuzma pick up in the draft, I mean. Because LeBron really wanted to come to the Lakers any goddamn way. You didn't have to, like, sell him on the team. You didn't have to. All you had to really do is not go fuck it up. He wanted to be, Ben wanted to play for the Lakers. All you had to do was not fuck it up. All right? So, Magic Johnson really doesn't get any props from me for nothing that he did for the Lakers at his time as GM and president. And, I mean, he really should shut the fuck up when it comes to Kevin Durant. And what Kevin Durant was happy or unhappy about with the, uh, with the Golden State Warriors. And there's another thing on the comments on the Golden State Warriors. Of course, you couldn't fit in over there, Kevin Durant. You came when they already won a championship. You didn't help them get their first one. You didn't help them. It's, it's like, okay, LeBron James came to Miami and D Wade got the first championship for them. Okay. The LeBron was unquestionably the best player on the team when he automatically came there, and he helped them get the second and the third. Kevin Durant came to Golden State, and in their big three era era of Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and all of those guys, he helped them get um, a championship after they already had a 73-win season, after they already had a previous championship the year before that. I still think that they should have lost the year before that when Kyrie and Kevin Love got injured. If those two guys never get injured, Cleveland wins the championship the first year they have the big three and not the second because the second, the NBA basically gave them a stimulus package and felt sorry for them because Golden State was going to go back-to-back on them. They didn't need Kevin Durant to go there. Kevin Durant went there, and he was upset now that he couldn't fit in with the team because they already won. The general feeling around the organization. You didn't have to. He didn't have to tell me there was a beef with Steve Kerr. Because, I mean, Steve Kerr fucking uh, basically picked up the team Mark Jackson got for the Golden State Warriors. And basically won. They just wanted a white face to win it for them. So, you know, it's a lot of politics when it comes to that. And I guess Kevin Durant, being a real NBA player, understood that there's a lot of politics when it comes to that. He didn't like that shit. So, I'm guessing Kevin Durant didn't like... Uh, your boy, uh Steve Kerr, and, you know, eventually it showed, you know, so it is what it is when it comes to that situation, but I think personally that uh Steph Curry should shut the fuck up when it comes to the stuff that come when it comes to Kevin Durant speaking on how he didn't feel like he fit in, talking about something he'd rather have championships because we all want to play iso ball, it ain't got nothing to do with it, Kevin Durant wanted to play team ball. But at the same time, he wanted to feel like he was ingratiated with the team and not just used as a tool in Steve Kerr's toolbox. And I understand and get where Kevin Durant come from. But I'm a little biased. I got to preface my comments by saying that I'm a little biased because I am a Kevin Durant fan from the moment when I'm a Heat fan. But from the moment I seen Kevin Durant in the 2012 finals, like hit like three, four shots in a row, he hit one. He had a dunk. He hit a short-range floater in the lane. If I, if I can pull up the play online, uh, if, you, if you, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. Pull up the 2012 finals. I think it was game one or two. I know the game was in uh, Miami where he hit. That was the game that they won. He hit a shot up close. He hit a shot. Like a, he hit a dunk. He hit a shot up close. He hit a mid-range shot. And then he stepped back and hit a three all this back-to-back plays and i was like this dude is fucking unguardable and lebron james was at the peak of his powers was the league mvp was the nba mvp of the finals that year lebron was at the peak of his powers defensively and offensively and kevin durant basically made lebron look like he was standing still with his jump shot and his quickness and i was like this motherfucker right here is going to be better than lebron james if he can put on some weight and if he can get with the right players cuz I knew Russell Westbrook from the beginning was going to be a ball hog with that team. You know what I'm saying? Anytime when you have at the time currently the best offensive player in the league on your team and you want to hog the ball to score all of the points, you're going it's automatically a recipe for disaster. But um yeah. So that whole shit that whole fallout with him and uh, Russell Westbrook it happened, it needed to happen goody goody for um russell westbrook and that's why he had to suffer now he's in houston and i feel like that that's gonna be a train wreck waiting to happen but you never know um maybe him and harden can make it work because they were teammates before and they both are explosive athletic talents it's one it's a big ass gamble with those two being on the same team because they're both extremely ball dominant you know what i'm saying um but they're both two freaking natures uh James Harden is. Offensively, he's a crafty motherfucker. And Russell Westbrook is, out athletically, he's an explosive motherfucker. So maybe crafty and explosive on the same team could work out. I never know. But on paper and logically speaking from a basketball standpoint, your point guard and your shooting guard are the two biggest ball hogs on your team. Train wreck. You know, that's just my thoughts on that. But back to the LeVar ball, Lonzo ball. He shouldn't have said that. Lonzo ball Could be a great player if he got a good shot. And that's going to take some time. It's like Ben Simmons with his shot. It's going to take some time, and it's going to take them actually working on it in the offseason. Not them going out to clubs. Not them showing up on LeBron's to shop. Actually them going out there and working on their jump shot. Trust me, it is muscle memory. All you have to do is do it over and over again. I don't see how any player could be in the NBA you know for years can have a career in the league and don't have a jump shot. You know what I'm saying? That to me doesn't make any sense because that is your job at the end of the day. If that's my job and I'm going to get more money by improving my game, bitch, I'll be in the gym every goddamn day. You got sleep. You sleep. You know what I'm saying? At one point I wanted it to be, but I didn't really want basketball like that. Like I want my multimedia and uh, and my graphic design and all of that shit. So I focus on that and I stick to the stuff that I'm good at, you know, which is talking and and talking to you guys about different topics and issues that I feel like impact the culture of black America, but not only black America, America and the world as a whole. And things that could push us forward together. This has been the Crash Culture Podcast Show. Another episode. If I have something more to talk about in the future, I will definitely come back to you guys with another episode. This is only season 1. We just getting started, baby. Stay tuned for more. We out.